message you're about to listen to is from the Household of David Higher Ground Conference 2022. Theme, The Sound of Trumpets. We believe that this message has been inspired by God to take you to higher ground. Be blessed as you listen. Welcome tonight, God's servant, Dr. David Ogwele, the senior pastor of Dominion City. Um, um, I just want to step aside and let God do what we, we honor you, sir. You're welcome, sir. Honor, just lift your hands and honor him. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for all the things that are coming together to create this moment. Thank you for all of the investments you've made in, in our lives since this conference began. Have your way tonight, Lord. Speak with such clarity that even a baby will understand. Divide the flames of fire. Open up the race, open up the other dimension and allow your people to assess what you have proposed and ordained for the church in this last hour. We give you praise, Lord. Like Pastor Sora said, we all step aside. Have your way. Let your name be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name. Good evening, everyone. You may be seated. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Please permit me to pay special respect to my sister. I've been watching on video. This is my first time being in a service where you are ministering. You know, the Queen of Sheba said, I've been getting the news, hearing it, but being present is far much deeper than what I've been seeing technology has been even been able to convey half of it i honor you my dear and i love you thank you thank you thank you thank you for being a blessing thank you sir for creating an environment where all of this can happen and converge first lady i honor you ma and i honor you and i want to thank you for what is going on here you don't know what you have here you don't know and one person that is crying for the deep and that is crying to see the transition the church in nigeria transit to the third day of god's program can i get back my three friends because i want to lead you into the dynamics now Your work on gentlemen. God bless you. Pastor Shola, I have found out that there are codes in the Bible. Hmm? Codes. Some are in sevens. There's a certain revelation that go in seven. Some are in twelve like divine government. Let's leave that for another time. 
you know it was 12 men that God used to start the human family counted from Adam to, to Noah there are 12 it's 12 he used to start the church it's 12 he used to pioneer the nation of Israel so it means that we need to know something about that if you give God a project to do what he's looking for is 12 that's what I do any country I enter just 12 men once I complete and I get them then I do the next phase then it's time for me to leave just one more phase after that because all of the ones I invest must invest in 12 once they have done the first phase and I have taught them that multiplication it's time for me to go then a year or two after when I return we start mega project it's those men that produce it a lot of people call my name connecting to some of the things we are doing and I don't really have a part I only have a part at the foundation I'm a missionary right now to Europe and a number of other countries. That's what I do. Any country, each country I enter, is those 12, I have to pray them, I have to beg them. But let's leave that. That's, let's leave that. God has a number of this stuff. There are some he does in force. Then there are certain things that are exclusive. It's only one that you must have them. You know, we only have one church. We only have one Lord. We only have one spirit. And those ones that are exclusive are the uniting factor for us. Doesn't matter the areas of divergence that we have. There are certain areas where there are, you know, God is a God of variety and differences and diversity. But then he puts certain things as the uniting and the coordinating factors. When it comes to those areas, when we come to those areas, we must observe the law of exclusivity. That's why there are guys who go around telling you, you don't need to call, call any man of God your daddy or your father. They are misinterpreting something. Jesus actually said that. Don't call anybody father. Don't also call anybody master. Because those areas are exclusive. So they go around thinking, okay, if you have a spiritual father and you honor him as a father, you are violating that. No, you are not violating. You are also supposed to observe exclusivity in that area. Just like in the nature, you can have 10,000 instructors, you can have many teachers, go through professors, go through different mentors to arrive at the fullness of your career. But it has to be only one father. There are other dimensions of fathering. So, that law of exclusivity when we learn to do marriage right too, it's part of what God will restore. Then like the high priest, the only one that goes into the holies of holies, our men will start learning to play their job. You don't jump around with many girls and keep one at home exclusivity applies and then our women too eh? you allow only one high priest inside your holiest of holies we are going to restore marriage back from
Because just like the heart must not be prostituted. Is the one God and the particular one is the creator God that made you. Not the ones you made. That's the one you give your heart and give it completely to him. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. It's the same thing with marriage. And as Christian young men that are still single, you don't jump around, break a lot of young women's hearts, and then you go and settle down with one. Prophesied to some of them that you are the one the Holy Spirit told me. And then the Holy Spirit changed his mind. And actually changing his mind with about 14 of them, you now settle down with one. And if perchance something has happened to you bad in marriage, Don't because somebody hurts you start prostituting yourself your life. Please, I beg you. Take time and heal from that. But then when carefully, carefully, this time, overcome, learn from the mistakes of the past, overcome whatever it is. To carefully find an ego man or an ego woman and then covenant with the person and then team up to build the future there are certain the bible does not recommend breaking up marriages and all that but there are certain exceptions there are. <laughs> let's leave that for another day let's leave that for another day Let's leave that for another day. We are now at the border of River Jordan. There are three dimensions to the move of God. The first is Passover. And Passover brings us out of Egypt and brings us into the experience of deliverance and salvation. Passover is the revelation of the cross. The finished work of Christ and what it means for our redemption. And the church has come a long way since we left Egypt. This restoration started in 1500 and European reformers led by Martin Luther and others helped us to recover this. After about 500 years or 400 years thereabout, by the time we are coming to the border of 1900, God initiated the second major reformation or restoration. And that was Pentecost. And these three represents the three major Jewish feasts. Three times in a year shall all your men appear before me. 
And these three dimensions represent the three dimensions of the tabernacle. The outer court ministry is when all your ministry is only about Passover. And that means you, you know how to come to the brazen altar and offer a burnt offering. And that means you know how to present the message of the cross. Everything that Jesus did for us. And then, if you take it further, that first dimension of ministry leads us all the way to sanctification. When you bring people to the lava where there was water. And these people that have come to Christ now go through that experience. We have developed many languages for this second one. We call it discipleship. We've developed other languages for it. Sometimes we call it um, renew your mind. Because the water is the word. Sanctify them through your word. Your word is true. We have some other languages we have developed for that. But the church has come a long way. So after the types of Martin Luther and others brought back the message of the cross, other guys like, other reformers like John Wesley, Charles Wesley helped us to rediscover that lava. And I was saying in the morning, that's why people like uh, our Papa Kumui, who is a Wesleyan theologian, you see that the emphasis, the core of his ministry, he preaches the cross, but he is also very strong on holiness. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the last day's revival is a period of convergence of all of these things that God has done, plus a new dimension he is now adding. So, I have a little restraint going so much into that new dimension because we need to know how to bring all of this together first. You can't just be a Pentecostal and not be an evangelical. You have to first be an evangelical. You have to first be a Protestant. If I want to use those words that they use. You must have your own personal experience of Passover. And that's when you are born again. But you also need to take your life to the lava and experience in the sanctifying power of the word of God. The Holy Spirit walking through the word of God to produce the nature of God and the character of God in you. Then you have experienced the fulfillment of the first feast in your life. Remember that Jesus came on that Passion Week where he went to the cross. He began to fulfill everything that happened here all the way to the Feast of First Fruit, which is the resurrection. And he has completed this one. Now, as believers, we need to enter into it and, and have this experience fulfilled in our personal lives. Then as churches, the first ordinance, foundation that must be laid when you want to build a church. Remember that church is people. Is those systems, those institutions that deliver these services, these ministries to people. So that when people come from the world and come to Christ, there is this first set of encounter they go through that solidify them. It is men and women that have gone through the cross that are now ready for the departings of God. 
So now we are not having people moving in, they speak in tongues, they fall, fall under the power rise up, but they are not genuinely transformed. The deep work of the cross has not had its way in their lives. The second feast is the feast of Pentecost. And this is what the Jews, when they left Egypt, they were taken to Mount Sinai. By the time they made all the first phase of the journey and got to the foot of Sinai, about 46, for, to the 47th day has even passed. You know, I think it was about the 47th day that God told Moses, come up, I need to tell you something. And then he said, sanctify the people today, tomorrow, on the third day, the Lord will appear in the sight of all Israel. Moses went down, did exist, and he gave him some rules. And they began this personal consecration program. There were some things he told them there. I don't want to. <laughs> you know, during those three days, people were not to sleep with their wives. There were some things he told them. They also set boundaries between the people and the mountain. And so on and so forth. Anyway, on that third day, which made it the fiftieth day since they finished you know, the, the feast of Passover that brought them out of Egypt, God descended on top of Mount Sinai with fire. Moses was invited up to the peak of that mountain in the midst of that cloud. He stayed about 40 days. These are patterns. The Old Testament is the shadow and holds the pattern for the substance that we are to experience in the New Testament. Anyway, by the time Moses came down, something has gone wrong and um, the people have made a golden calf because they felt that their encounter with God is through Moses, not direct. And God wanted, he came down because he wanted to make it a, an introduction of himself to his people, reveal himself to his people. This thing that was later introduced where the priestly order has to be the mediator between God and the people was because of that. God wanted a nation of priests, a kingdom of priests. This thing that we now have in the New Testament. So the, the leadership he was giving to God's people is to parent them to that point of union with him. Not to go and put a veil between him and the people. It was so serious that because they couldn't deal with the glory of God, even when Moses finished spending time with God, when he came down, he also had to put a veil on his own face. He carried that glory, but the people could not deal with it. They had to put a veil anytime he's communicating with them. And that was a problem because that is now the pattern distorted. This is not what God wants in the New Testament. He wants a royal priesthood, a nation of priests with access to the holiest of all that can meet him face to face just like Adam used to do in the Garden of Eden. 
He wants his house to be a dwelling place for his glory. You see what we're experiencing now? Why should we still worship? That glory. That's what I've traveled. This is some of the things I've seen. Where the house is now, Ichabod. So we use smokes. You know what we, we brought from Egypt, Babylon? Huh? There's nothing wrong with smoke. As long as the heavenly smoke is present. The Shekinah is there. But now, we use smoke, we use all of that. America has taught us how to substitute God's presence with technology. We blow it, pump it, and we feel. Actually, you even feel it physically over the place. And you might even live with a, a, a kind of feeling that is Shekinah. It's not. It's a carbon. It's a carbon. some elements about Pentecost. I don't have the time because I need to move. You know, when they began to tarry in the presence of God and when God descended on the mountain and the man Moses and the plan of God for the New Testament church is that we can enter that place Moses entered. The man Moses walked in. He ends up spending 40 days and by the time he came out he was transfigured by it. Now, in this modern day, because Americans led this project, and the early fathers of Americas understood how to tarry in the presence of God. The early Pentecostal charismatic leaders understood how to wait on the Lord. They understood, but when it comes to hosting God, uh, I don't know how to say this to you now. You don't come and, and put this and tell him. In other words, I'm not talking about everyday Sunday service. You know, part of manage, managing the move of God, we have to have sh- some of this, you know, whether it's 30 minutes, go. Another group, 30 minutes, go. 12 services on Sunday. That's wonderful. We, but we must have meetings for encounter. These meetings are different. People will come there tarring. Tarring God's presence. And when the Holy Spirit starts moving, now when it's man, you can time. But when he comes and we now allow him have his way he will do sometimes in one night what we have been trying to accomplish seven years of preaching and doing ministry that we were not able to do there are dimensions just the ministry of the world will not do there are dimensions where people are allowed to have personal encounter with the Holy Spirit. There are dimensions of God. There are dimensions of God that are experienced. There are things taught. There are things that are caught. When the glory comes, there's no more to say. So the New Testament said, go to Jerusalem, 
carry till you are clothed. Now I know how we do Holy Spirit baptism. We give you some of the faith pop up and all of that and lay hands on you and you get filled with the Holy Spirit. You start speaking in tongues. That's beautiful and there's nothing wrong with that. We also do it now with altar call for salvation. This used to take them seven days. And we, in one minute, we have led people to Christ. Just, you don't even need to repent. Just put your faith in Christ, whatever, and they come. There's nothing wrong because this is <laughs> insistent. You need input, process, output, and outcome. So these are input. The problem is we need to, after that, take them for another program where they are now allowed to experience a deep walk of the cross. So this is what I do. I, and, and, and after understanding how these things work, we created it. You get born again in crusades, get born again on Sundays, I get born again. We don't have the time to take you deep. The cross is deep. What he does in a man's life. So, we put you through this foundation school, you know, it's fast. Six weeks maximum, whatever. Then we take you for an encounter retreat. The first level, we have built encounters on these three levels. This one is encounter with Jesus and the cross. Where what he did for you is so well revealed. It's a whole weekend, 32, you know, 72 hours. That day, they don't come to church on. They are in a retreat place. When they finish, they, everybody cannot leave that place without water baptism because that is the initiation program. That is the inauguration. You know, you know when you, are, you have elected a president, he still has to go through the inauguration. If he's a king, he still has to go through the coronation. Now, the man is already saved. We are not saying this is not the king. But why is coronation is important? We're not saying you have not voted for this man. We know. Einek has declared him the winner. But why is coronation important? Why is swearing important? We have elected this judge. Why? That is exactly after people are saved. They need water baptism. And then of course... The baptism of the Holy Spirit, the concession process is completed. They come and now join the church. All sorts of packages. If you hear stories, if you hear what people drop on the altar, the cross, if you hear that's where God cleans up all types of sickness, demonic packages. So now you don't carry a man from here and come here. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. He has now started ministry. He's still is bound by marine spirit. He's still bound by certain problems. And you know, there are some problems you see in ministry is beyond teaching. You know? The man needs deliverance. That's what you have been done at infancy. Because circumcision is done eight days after your birth. But we didn't do it. So Abraham had to do his own as an old man. When Paul met Timothy, and partly because he wanted to make sure that the Jews don't have problem with it's a concise the man as an adult. The important thing is you must do it. If you do it, why the person is in a baby Christian, it's easier. Because now you are calling him bishop this. But it's only he knows. He can't see a woman. 
the system will be shaking even inside church. It's only he knows. When he would, a bishop would take it to me. He said, why is that? They smoke the thing. He said, the worst one is that if somebody else is doing it and I'm passing, he said, one time we were doing some outreach program and I took my friends out to a restaurant. He's in the middle of his conference. He said, when I got there, some people had smoked this thing, so it's still in the air. The thing grabbed me. He said, I left my friends with the food, went behind that place, asked for their, I said, where's the convenience? I went in there and took the thing. Then it became normal. There is an entity inside his body. It's something that could have been there because he had that problem before he came to Christ. It was not. Circumcision did not happen. So he carried anointing on top of it. And I was speaking to the Holy Spirit. Oh, he's now moved from there, preacher. Now you can now know where some of your problems are coming from. And you don't have to wait for another person. You can also ask somebody to help you. Somebody you trust. You know? Because sometimes in a place of worship like what we're having now, you can experience digital deliverance. But that's when you apply that power to the issue. You can just let it come, and but it's not applied. Bullet can be in your gun, and nobody... This second day is Pentecost. Americans led the way. They used to know how to tarry. Tarry! Till you be dude with power from on high. So now they lay hands on you. You fell. You got up. You now speak in tongues. There's even a lady that told me that taught me how to speak in tongues. I said, that's not a problem. You are in the kingdom. You are a child of God. You learned it. You didn't learn it. Come and tarry. In tarrying, you will experience a clothing from on high. To carry these kind of things that you see her, music ministers everywhere, every day. Tapes are coming out. <laughs> I love all the songs. I'm not sure. But. When I play, and he's not carrying life. Is not carrying the divine substance. Um, you know, there are times we need to do celebration, weddings, child dedication, burial programs, other things, and we reduce those tapes for such moments. Uh, there isn't those parts of the service where we are not ministering to the Lord. It might be this family is coming for Thanksgiving. Uh -huh. Bring that song, please. So that everybody can do a little or one bear as we come. And or uh, this lady is doing her wedding party or house dedication. That, that, because whether you like it or we still need entertainment. And we cannot be getting it from Babylon. Because I know this type of music only appeals to man, to the soul and to the flesh. So put it there. But when I need to do business with the king, 
when I need to minister to my king or when cripples are there on the wheelchairs, depending on God to touch them. Don't bring me some of this stuff from the outer courts because it's not going to help anybody. You're going to kill the service. And those of you that like entertainment in the name of gospel songs, your ministry will die here. And to be honest with you, you won't even be able to take people to the counter dimension of the cross. There is a spiritual dimension. There's nothing I have not seen here. A woman came, came down. She's from the southwest here. She's lived in America all her life. She came down here to see her family and decided to jump Okada. It was an Okada when a vehicle in this neighborhood and her leg fell off. It, the vehicle and, and her leg was broken and knocked off. So when they, some people came to help stop the bleeding and put her in a vehicle to take her to Ibobi, the orthopedic hospital, she begged them, please bring my leg. I still believe I can walk. And some people there told her it's too. You can see that thing has messed up with the floor. If you dad tried to add it, apart from the fact that it's already detached, you would develop gangrene, which will affect this part that is still good. Let's get you to Ibobi. They will cut this place very well. Later, you can, they can do something for you to fill it up. A type of crutches you can now, that you should thank God that you are alive. She said, please, let them bring it. Let them put it in the car. Let's go first. And they put it, and they went. She begged the doctors to stitch it back, but it's dead. After they cleaned up and did all the stuff they did for her, they tried to do that. They found some of the nerves and some of the arteries they could connect. And did that, put metals, put all that. And that's how she is confined to the wheelchair. And every day she'll be praying, believing God that that leg will come alive. They told her we'll watch it for a period of time. If you start petrifying, we'll have to remove it to save your life. And somebody carried her. I was doing an encounter with a group of people in Badagri. And that is it Ascon. I don't know what the name of it. And carried her there and rode her in. I was not aware. When we began to unveil the cross, there is an encounter, there is a, an experiential dimension to the cross. Before we now talk about the Holy Spirit and where God is headed with the church now. Because where he's headed is tabernacle, is the glory. Is now God revealing himself to men. God is taking us to a dimension where we are going to experience a foretaste of the glory to come before the rapture. Men are going to be seeing Jesus face to face. Men are going to be encountering God on a, a dimension. And when they come out of it like Moses, these men will become men that turn their world upside down. They will carry a dimension of the life of God, a dimension of the power of God, a dimension of spiritual authority that is beyond, that will boggle the minds of people. So when I take people to that, I take up the post encounter because it's not the basics. 
after the theory, we need the experiential knowledge. After all the Bible school, don't let the student just go like that. All those things they have learned in Christ, there is the experiential. And they have to go back before God in a place of prayer and tarry him. I don't care if it's two days, three days, or seven days. Don't just send them. Let them go, come into a company like Acts 13 as they minister to the Lord and fasted. That's how you commission ministry gifts. It's not just, yeah, yeah, you have been sent. You are now new pastor. Go and start that branch. He will go there. The, the territorial forces will keep him at the corner. Yes, nothing is happening in the church. No, no, no. We have to commission them the way Paul and Barnabas were sent. They came out of an encounter meeting. This time, not the cross level. This is post-encounter, advanced level. How many of you are still here? Because I'm talking to, we are now a nation of priests, a generation of kings and priests, not just Pastor Solar on a few of us sitting on the stage or a few of us you call clergymen. If some of us have to remove some of this things to help you get the message, wear jeans like you. Whatever we have to do to help you get, realize that this is your heritage. It's not for a selected few. the cross and Jesus was being unveiled. It got to a point. <laughs> Jesus, he said somebody was walking on her leg, the same leg and she was screaming. She had never felt anything. If you like be, you know, you can use something and be hitting her. No life there. He said, ah, life came back there. She was wondering what is going on. She turned around to look. Nobody was touching her. She looked around her. Nobody was touching her. She turned her wheelchair the other way. The hand was still there and then all of a sudden, the metals also vanished with the walk. And she got up and started walking. I have seen these things. I have seen this pastor Sola. 13 people raised from the dead. 13. This is not the storytelling type. We can call them as witnesses. There's one that is a witness chapel girl. It's her sister that is with us. And she died in Port Harcourt. personally like some of those ones that we are from outside before somebody thinks we had a meeting and agreed to 13 but it's not you know so you say some pastor pastor David raises people for they forget about it. it has nothing to do with because a teacher, a teacher sat in one of those meetings after experiencing the Lord one day, one of her child died a teacher, a woman and she went there to the hospital the child is a student in it. he said, Lord, all the students that you put under me cannot die because I'm not just a teacher I'm their shepherd there is no life that is under me that can go. This is a young child, a teenage child that has not fulfilled his destiny. So, he went to the hospital. 
when he got there, he met the pastor, the family pastor. You know, he did some whatever and told the family, consoled them and said, they can now take the girl to the mortuary. He said, please, can I pray for the young girl? Everybody started mocking her. Our pastor has finished. Nothing happened. He said, no, 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 please. I have a revelation of the risen Christ. And God has shown us how to transmit his life. He said, please, you don't have anything to lose. You don't have anything to lose. Just give me. And the mother, you know women, women, women receive their dead rest from them. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And the pastor walked out, you know, because he wasn't expecting anything to happen. Just left. He said, you guys do what I've told you, eh? And they said, yes, sir. And then he entered this. But the, the core family members came in. So the girl stood around the corpse. He said, doctor, you know, you have had your time. Please, can I ask you to excuse us? He said, how can you be telling me to be in my hospital? He said, please, I'm begging you. Please. Nurse, please, can I ask you to excuse us? Two female nurses. There is a reason why Jesus drives people away before he raises the dead. It's a holy of holies operation, my friends. You don't take other people to your bedroom ministry with your wife. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There will be times God will permit us to do demonstration for the sake of winning the on the lost. It can even be in the public. It can be in crusade. It can be anywhere. That's all right. But there are those times. Watch when Peter raised Dockers. He drove everybody away. But the people who are connecting in faith, who are, you can't allow. So, he's a teacher now. And then he told the father, the mother, and the sister to come close. He said, Heavenly Father, I am your priest. And the priest is a mediator between God and man. I stand between this girl and the spirit of death that has come to snatch her. She can't, the spirit of death can't because you have a New Testament priest. After the order of Melchizedek, he said, I align myself under my high priest and I ask for his life, for his ministry, for his glory, for his anointing, for his divine electricity to flow through my hands. As he was still doing alignment, 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 he was holding the girl's hand. The girl started shaking. The girl started shaking. Then he asked them, what is her name? They told her. He said, hey, rise up. And she sat up. And then he said, get up for your place. She got up. Then he said, at that time, he said the pee. He was, she was telling me. The whole people witnessed this. He said, I got a little confused. Then I remember. What's the next thing after Jairus' daughter? He said, give her something to eat. So he said, oh yeah, go and get her something to eat. And that is it. The whole hospital was turned upside down. One young, dark-skinned teacher was now leading doctors, nurses to Christ. And then patients started asking, come over to my bed. Come over to my bed. And that's how commotion. We are now in those days again. Hey.
trying to hold myself because my purpose is not demonstration. My purpose is first to sound the trumpet. To call for an awakening. culture of retreat need to return. But you see the third day, the third day ministry is about the fullness. It's everything both Passover, both Pentecost and more converging in one season. Actually, what we're going to be seeing here now is those dimensions we have read in the scripture. We have not known how to enter into. That's what God. And this is Europe's season. This is America's season. But this third day ministry is Africa's mandate. You don't know why Satan is making all the assault he's making on Nigeria. He is trying to prevent the counsel of God from happening. But I I announce unto you, he cannot stop or thwart the plan of God. Once God get the church to align, he will overrule whatever it is that Satan thinks he has done over there. He will just wipe it like, you know how you draw something on sand and you wipe it like, that's how easy it is. The issue at stake is not the devil and the noise he's making. The issue at stake is that the purpose of God depends on the people of God as far as the earth is concerned. God has to get his people in the right place because he's through them that his glory is revealed on the earth. He's not going to circumvent that. He's not going to... The Philistines use an ark. They designed an ark driven by donkeys to carry the ark of God. It worked because God had no alternative until he returned back to the land of Israel. So David wanted to bring the ark of God and he went to copy the world system. And he put the ark of God on a new cart. Newly built. Instead of it bringing the glory, he killed the priest. And I noticed who God killed because he was angry. You guys are the ones that should have shown David and Israel how to do this stuff. That the glory is not carried by animals or carried by this. It's carried by men. Remember when Joshua and his men carried it as they crossed River Jordan. It's priests that carry it on their shoulder. It's men and women that become carriers. Lift up your hands and ask God, give me your body, your life, your vessel and flesh. Make me a revelation of who you are. Make me a carrier of your glory. Make me a revelation of Jesus.
Jesus mighty name. To herald the Feast of Tabernacle and lead God's people into the experience, we first have to sound the alarm and blow the trumpets. So, there is a noun word. It's a Roman word. It's a prophetic word. In the place of prayer, God will be putting it in your spirit. There is still the general word. We are not abandoning it. But there is that betting word. I'm told that even the coming of the Lord, those virgins were waiting until there was that alarm sounding and an announcement made Behold, bridegroom. And it is that that woke everybody up that has been asleep. And then some people now found that they are the alarm has gone off. We should not wait till the last minute to start blowing the alarm. We are now in that season. There are prophetic words. And this, this is one of the issues now because the next principle you, you need to sit down is that there is an apostolic coalition that needs to come together to bear this thing. Because there are dimensions of it and one person will not be carrying it all. Ephesians chapter 3. Please, let me show you something. And this is how you know who is part of your tribe. Watch them in the music ministry. Watch them because there are three ministries. Watch them in the music ministry. Watch them in the prayer ministry. Watch them in the ministry of the word. You will see them. They will be sounding that alarm. Pointing to that same. Now, when you read two different prophets talking about the same thing in the Bible, they might come from two different angles. But you see, you will never find at any time in history where God is only using one prophetic voice. The man might think he's done, but somewhere, somewhere, you see another one. That's why, why Jesus was here crying. John the Baptist was in the wilderness crying. It is that convergence. It is that convergence. Now, 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 now. These are not the season. I need to say it nicely or wisely. It's <laughs> no season of inviting people just because I have to invite them. Hmm? If I'm building a house, I know when I'm at the foundation, I don't bring roof guys at that stage. It doesn't mean I don't believe in what they're doing. Just that what we are doing here is not roofing. So in my team, we have we have learned to understand this. We have learned there are certain times when we come to support each other, but it is not a must that Pastor David has to speak. It's even hard to convince others because sometimes I come in and say they say no. It's not. It's not a must. You, my friend, has to speak. Because we are given, ministry gifts are ministry construction professionals. And God is building his house. Now we are doing plumbing. Ah, it's his place. We all back it up because it's the same project. Now, ah, 
We are finally a roofing. Yeah, it's his place. But in an apostolic coalition, you bring everything. You bring everything. Because that job of that should be able to reveal what the component and the finished program looks like. So that God's people can look and find their place and then rise up in their different whatever and start functioning according to their own unique placement in the body. That whatever cannot give a partial picture. It cannot give. I'm praying because the city of Lagos is a major launching pad for what God is about to do. The whole continent of Africa is looking on this city. Doesn't matter where you cook it, whether it's at a baden or somewhere, this is where it's going to be launched to the whole continent. So somebody has to create that platform for apostolic convergence. Let me show you something. If he passes, so that the Lord said, When I come here, I should announce this. If God leads you to do it, I just came from. And September is the strategic month. It might be this September conference. But the model will change in one area only. Please, brothers, let's just come. When you finish ministering, relax. Let's all clear the three days or the four days. Let's all come and relax. I know me that is talking now. Or maybe another meeting. Let have all the just for let's all come and sit down. Because there is a path being shown to him. Let him give it to us. We need the complete building. There's a path being shown to Pastor Jerry. Let him give it to us. There's a path being shown to Apostle Selman. Let him give it to us. Let nobody assume that he has the complete picture. This is a season of fullness. What is the job? To bring God's people to the fullness of the stature of Christ. Can you imagine just this army? We will leave this conference. All of you are operating at Christ level dimension. All of you, all of you. Do you know what will happen to Lagos and Nigeria by in just one year? Do you know what will happen to this country in one year? Do you know how many people will be raised from the dead in the next 12 months? Do you know the things that will be hard for people to believe that will happen within the next 12 months? Just the next 30 days even. The problem we have with all our busy schedules, one ministry gift cannot deliver it. Just like a medicine only cannot put up that house. The medicine will do his part, but there won't be plumbing, there won't be electricals, there won't be roofing, there won't be metal work. And we will live in it clapping and rejoicing that at least there is block. That is the time we are living in. Everybody cannot be in that coalition because 
in every revival, you need a remnant that understands like the children of Israel, what God is doing part time and what Israel ought to do. And then they are the ones that will pay the price. They understand the mind of God because of that understanding. They will be willing to pay the price and make the commitment to break through and shift the season. And then the rest of the body can come. The remnant does not do it and keep it to themselves. Ah, Ephesians chapter 3. Let me read from verse 14. Prayer is the beginning part. We can't, we're not going anywhere till we bring it back. Ministry of prayer. The ministry of the minstrels and the ministry of the world. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, yes, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. You know, some have gone to glory, some we are still here. And then, of course, let's leave that and go. Yes, that He will grant you according to the riches of His glory. To be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inward man. And we need to start praying these Pauline prayers. There are a series of them. Anyway, 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 verse 17. Uh, that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. You see all these elements, all these elements, all these elements. Oh, another time. Verse 19. May be able to comprehend with all sense. The full dimension of God comes through corporate you don't comprehend with all sense. You've gotten the part you got when you are studying and in your personal prayer. You contribute that part. But you need to sit because there is a part that was shown to her. She contributes it. We all need to tarry there. There's a part that was shown to Minister Dawson. He contributes. There's a part that was shown to Pastor Jerry. There's a part that was shown to Pastor Poju. And then when they have finished contributing it, it will lead every one of us to the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height of the knowledge of Christ, the fourth dimension. Because you see, the movement to his fullness also is movement to the full knowledge of the Son of God. Because we only manifest the part we know. And there are limitations in our life because he is not fully made real in his four dimensions in our lives. Now we can capture the multifaceted dimension of the revelation of the glory of God. So when this meeting ends and we leave, each one is carrying Christ's fullness. Yet, it took a corporate effort to get all of us there. We are now moving towards completed building, but it took the 
skillful aligning of these ministry professionals to get us there. We need to start recognizing apostolic gifts and authentic prophets. They have a place. We need to start recognizing evangelists again. We need to start recognizing the teaching ministry. We need to start recognizing oh, the pastoral ministry. Pastoral ministry like the mother in the home. You know, in the Trinity, they have that one. They said, you offend the Father, we will forgive you. You offend the Holy Spirit, we will forgive you. But if you offend, if you offend Jesus, we will forgive you. If you offend the Holy Ghost, all of us will kill you. In the home is the mother. The human family. Both the children and the father must protect that vehicle, that best life. <laughs> In the church is the pastoral ministry. You see, when we all finish and all jive, evangelists are gone. We leave the children with this person who is with them all day and night. You like to give money to the invited guests. You like to sow into bunker. If Benin comes out, you empty your anger and sow. The man that is with you day and night, bearing your body, crying with going to when you want to wed, when you are having problem in the night, you ignore him. In my house, you can offend me, no problem. You can offend other people, no problem. Offend my children, no problem. If you touch Pastor Sarah, <laughs> let's leave that for another day. Those of you who attack God's church, remember that she is somebody's bride. You say you love Jesus, but you hate his church. You're a hypocrite. How does somebody tell you, I love your head, but I hate your leg? And I'll use knife and be cutting your leg and be telling the head, I still love you. The church is his body. The church is his bride. Be careful what you do with the church of Jesus Christ. And it's not just for people outside, including those inside. Let me tell you something. Before you get to give any other ministry gift, anything, make sure you've given it to your pastor. It must begin at home. That's why the instructions in marriage is woman, submit to your own. You submit to Pastor David. You submit to Pastor Adeboy. You submit to everybody. The one they ask you at home. That's why to the men, it is love your uh-huh. You love all the sisters. You love this. You love that. The one at home. That's the starting point. Children, it is honor your, your. That your must be there. Church, honor your, your pastor. We're not saying don't honor other men of God, but start charity at home. Can I hear a... Respect the church of Jesus. I'm not my sword. is pledged at the command of my master. I'm a knight. I'm a warrior. I'm at his command. But I will tell you another thing I fight for. I fight in the defense of the church. 
can be around me and be assassinating and be destroying God's servants that have labored over the years. I don't care whether they understand what you are talking about now or not. They have done their own part. Honor them for it. Your father does not have to have PhD. I know you just returned from Harvard. So what? part of the country where I come from the issue of honor, issue of submission, issue of that is a big challenge. The Lord said don't just preach it, leave it model it for that if you see what I do, if you see some of the things I have done, if you see some crazy stuff at one time I now took it beyond church world to traditional ruler because I saw how the young people were assaulting them if you have money you come and insult you I don't mind saying I have some but they will see me come to the palace. I'm the speaker. The whole council is waiting for me. The whole rulers are waiting for me. I arrive. I go on the floor. You know, in my culture, they don't prostrate. I prostrate. And the man will get up from his throne. He's begging me. He said, what are you doing? I said, leave it. Our young people need to see. And some of those billionaires are sitting there shaking. What is going on? How can a whole pastor David do this? And then I get up and I start speaking. The Holy Spirit falls on people everywhere. I'm talking about you see people. The only ones who have not had courage to try it is are the politicians. going to give you seven things about this third day ministry. Okay, let me try and see if I can give you one or two and see if, if I can do that. Now, 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 now. You know, next September, whether you invite me or not, I'm coming. God is in this place, so all of us needs to be converging here every year. <laughs> all of us need to be converging here every year. And I'm seeing a bigger auditorium. I'm seeing a bigger place. Because it's where we are going to host the ark. The ark. The ark. The ark. The ark. The ark. I actually live outside the country now. I live. I'm not visiting. I'm serious. I'm a missionary. <laughs> but I don't care what we're doing in Europe. We have to return to Antioch every time. We complete a cycle. We come back every time. We complete a cycle. Nigeria is where the ark is. Let's labor to learn how to host God and all of his fullness. That's the message of this hour. In our personal lives, in our families, in our churches. And when we come to represent the larger cause.
Oh, that's Ephesians 4. That's Ephesians 3. I don't know where the verse. Go back to that verse where you stop. stop just to read one more verse. I don't have the, the time to look at it. Now, now, now. It requires comprehending with also corporate, corporate prayer, corporate worship, corporate knowledge, corporate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's more in that than we have at the individual level. May be able to comprehend all of this dimension. And then, verse 19 that we might know the love of Christ with perfect knowledge. And this is the goal. This is where he headed. That we might be filled with all what? The fullness. Can you imagine everything in divinity? Everything in the Father. Emptied on the earth. And it's not emptied on people. It's emptied into men. You're talking about men walking at carrying revelation of divinity at a dimension. Press to TC. You know, three of you are here. Can I get one person? Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, I know what he's looking for. It's all right, sir. I'm trying to avoid this, but we're going to do a lot of it next year. There's some things I'm going to demonstrate here from that third realm. I'm told when you get there, just sound the alarm so that people can understand. You heard her sound she was singing. Did you hear that? There is an entrance stage. There is an entrance stage. Let me see if we can get this one done. At least I can go. There's an entrance stage. The revelation of Jesus is four dimension. And this revelation of Jesus is the revelation of the Father. But now there is a third dimension to it. Whatever he is, is what we are meant to be. That's what we are on the earth. And that's what we are now called to reveal. He is the express image of the Father. But we are his express image. He reveals the Father. We reveal Him. So there are four dimensions to the revelation of the Father. But there are four dimensions to the revelation of Jesus. And there are four dimensions to the revelation of the believer. So if you come to the throne and you want an encounter, there are seven ordinances on the tr- around the throne. The final is the man seated in the in between the cherubs. But there are different layers of encounters you're going to have. The one I'm picking out are the four living creatures. Those ones that cry, holy, holy, Lord God Almighty. And each time they cry that, there is an unfolding of Rema force, unfolding of dimensions of the revelation of the Father. That's why worship will pull the pages of the book. You won't see where they start breaking the seals in the book of Revelation without worship and incense rising first before the throne. Before the Lamb began to open up the book and open up the mysteries that are meant for this season. You see, it's only God that showed it to you. You got that part right. There are pastors that are playing with the, the worship life of the church. It's filled up with entertainment. Restore, take the entertainment and restore it back to where it belongs. He has his place. He has his place. Don't come to wedding 
and people are now dancing to cut cake and you are singing worship. If you want to sing worship, that means you want to invite the king to the wedding. Then tell the people to adjust. Tell them to adjust because you are now bringing in the heavenly guests. Don't use worship for entertainment. In the Old Testament, when he told them about mixing that incense which worship, he said it's not for human people, for human because it's for my king and him, and him only. The other type of songs for this job. So, now, if you notice, the entrance point is that even God, the Almighty that made us, one of the living creatures has the face of a man, reveals him as a man. That's why he made us in his image. There are many things you find in our humanity that are in him. For example, when he made us originally, we were all complete, one body, but yet male and female. Because that's the fullness of God. I'm talking about the humanity. But later he came to that same body, took a rib and separated a vessel and separated certain qualities of himself, which you now call the feminine gender. The woman is made in the image of God, just like the man is. But you see, what we are now coming back to turn into one in marriage was first one before it was separated is God's fullness. So there is a dimension of God that is in my wife. There is a dimension of him. The father's side is in me. So sometimes, you know, the discipline in the home, the children needs to uh, rise up. But there's some radical decision I'll make. I don't want to see you again. You know, all this, all this masculinity. You see the mother. Don't fight it, oh, that is God, oh, at work. That is the other dimension of God. Like, that's why when you hear messages on the mercy of God, on God's compassion, on God's grace, on God's everlasting love, we are describing God's moderate nature. Can a woman forget her suckling child? That she will not remember the child of her womb. He said, even if some do it, though they may, yet will I not because even if the child has killed somebody, even if the child has finished robbing a bank and is now in prison, the father will say, I've disowned you. Guess who will still be going there? You know why? Nine months inside her womb. Who knows how long sucking that breast. There is a bond that is built. And let me tell you, warn you, you guys, men. Let me warn you. There is a strategy about managing the family and managing conflict. Even if there is conflict to the point that there is separation, don't turn the children against their mother. Women too, don't do it. But men, don't do it. If you have to separate, separate like gentlemen. You don't have to be fighting. Mike Unogu said that one of his greatest sponsors and tighter is his wife that left. You are no more together. It doesn't mean you must now become enemy. Somebody that you once loved. You want now want to destroy the person. Don't do that. You can still send her, help her money. I'm not talking about the court forcing you. You can still, how is your business doing? 
you know, the waiting. Hey, I'm, I know. I have this contact. Go and do this business course. I'm paying for it. And then I'm putting this to help you. If you do that, do you know what will happen? You collect the heart of all your children without fighting for them. Then some of the conflicts the children go through. Do you know why divorce has such devastating effect? The separation is bad enough, but it's not even that. It is the fight that continues between the father and the mother. And they are torn between loyalty to the, oh my God, we're supposed to be talking about third dimension. What am I doing with marriage? Somebody is pulling it out of me. Hey, hey let's get back here. Let's leave that one. The entrance point is your humanity. And you need to study Jesus as a man. Yeah. Yeah. He was really a man. Yet God. You need to study that. And the reason is when you do that, you have the portrait of where to take your humanity. And you will be able to know what Adam introduced that are weaknesses. That some of the things you excuse as you know, body no be wood now. Now human being I be. You see the ones too. You see the ones not to. You see how to live back the Adamic life that we lost in the garden. There's a lot there. But that's the entrance point. But then, as you now want to take off like aircraft, because aircraft can still roll on the floor like a car. But how many times do you see aircraft on traffic as you're going to walk? They can do it. And maybe the wings will be breaking people's shops and cutting some people's windows. And They can do it. But that's not where the eagle is meant to be. But you know, the eagle can still walk on the ground like a cock, like a hen, like whatever. But when they overdo, when you overdo your humanity and abandon the other dimension, then you are making yourself victim for the birds of the air, for snakes, for demonic powers. Because that's not where the supernatural is. But you cannot ignore it. You need to know when you are tired. You need to know when you are stressed. You need to know when you are getting overweight. You need to know when you need to exercise. You need to know when you need to cut down that sugar. You need to know. Don't be talking about we are born again. We are new creation in Christ. We are all that. I'm ignoring the fact that you are still human. We have this treasure in any vessel. And what will happen is that you will break the vessel and the divinity will fly and go back to heaven. And then you will become useless on earth. Then heaven has gained. But you didn't finish your assignment. After this kind of conference every year, ah, Pastor Shola needs to be allowed to rest. Oh. You have to know he's a man of God, but he's still a human. Hey, Pastor, I came to see you. You leave all the things. Leave all. You know. I would really like to help you. But we are going to rebook this appointment. Please, next time. It won't stop me closing my eyes and going out. But I'm encouraging more of it. I'm encouraging. And I'm ignoring the fact that you fly 
you soar, but no aircraft lives on air. When you finish, the humanity is still there. And the humanity is the reason they could kill him on the cross. Don't forget that they can kill you. Don't forget that you can over push yourself and, and damage this vessel. Don't forget. I had faith to be able to protect me from COVID. I had all that. But you know what I was doing every Sunday? I come, I put on the max. And to set an example for the prayer. Because everybody's on the same level. And when I finish, they see that and I talk to them. Then I remove it to do my broadcast because the people need to see my face clearly. So they will say, ah, we, we are new creature in Christ. And all that. If you drink any deleter, it is a go ahead and be drinking deleters. But if by chance you drink it, it shall not, you can claim divine immunity. Hello, because of our humanity. But then the next is the oxen. The oxen, the same thing as the lamb. No, it's Jesus as a lamb. This is the animal for sacrifice. This is also that part where he said, be as innocent as a dove. Because those who use dove for sacrifice, where you can't afford the animal, the lamb, or the oxen is a cow. You can bring dove. So if you want to talk about the humility of Christ, but the major thing here is about the cross. The sufferings of Christ. So one day I said to the Father, I understand the cross of Christ. I understand the sufferings of Jesus. I also understand that I have to bear my cross. That as one that is following him, I must also not avoid this dimension. But I said, Father, one thing I cannot see is any cross in you. I don't see you. So why are those living creatures? You need to remove this one that is the face of a cow because you can never... He said, eh? He said, that's the problem. We must train our people to be Trinitarian, not Unitarian. What messed up the Jesus movement was that it was only, it was a Unitarian movement. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. They ignored the Holy Spirit. They ignored the Father. This is a Unitarian thinking that is producing that. So the father, he asked me, he said, okay. Jesus died on the cross. You love him for, dying for you. I said, yes, sir. He said, who sacrificed him? I said, he laid down his life for me. He said, you are not getting it. So go back to Abraham, where the shadow is. Isaac was offered on the altar. I said, yeah. I said, who sacrificed Isaac? I said that one is clear. Now Abraham was the one that sacrificed. He even lifted the knife. He said, "Do you know that is the same thing I did on the cross? The cross is because the Father loves you. He was the one that sacrificed His Son. So, ladies and gentlemen, all those wonderful virtues of divinity, of humility, of sacrifice." Of everything you see in Jesus is first in the Father. The orange got his sweetness from the mother tree. 
That's why Jesus is a revelation of the Father. So if your brain is Unitarian, and you know you meet some people, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, they don't know anything about Jesus. You won't go far. This last wave is about fullness. It's convergence. You pray to the Father. You don't pray to Jesus. But you pray to the Father in the name of who? And you pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. In the power of who? The Holy Spirit. If you ignore the third person of the Trinity, your prayer life will be weak. The cross. And so, uh, we too need to understand as part of the revelation that we are also lamb of sacrifice. There is a part of us called to suffer for his sake. Everything is not about money. There is such a thing as the fellowship of his suffering. Being made conformable unto his death. And there is a part of that walking of the cross in our lives that produces all of the wonderful virtues you call the fruit of the spirit, starting with humility and all of the rest of them, love and others. So when you come to Christ and submit your life, in the working out of his plan for your life, he will take you through breaking experiences. Don't think he has abandoned you. Even if you say, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? is normal. Your humanity will cry out from that perspective. But understand that it's part of the walking out. The man that will move into these deeper things to carry that glory has to be processed by the cross. And sometimes this thing is what comes through persecution, trials, and some confusing experiences that we go through. Before she came to carry this level of glory before Dawson could enter into that dimension of ministry that we are seeing now. Before check any man that has been brought into higher dimension. They went through the cross. Painful experiences. Sometimes. Okay. Okay. Now, the face of the ego. You know, this is the supernatural. That's the divinity of Christ. This is that, that one that saw us. This is the revelation of the Holy Spirit. This is all of those things about our priesthood. You see this? You come. But here, discipleship starts. And the cross has to work to produce the virtues of Christ's character. Here, the supernatural begins. And there is a lot to talk about here. And this is where the eagle is launched into ministry. The priesthood of the believer. But finally, the face of the lion. Because you can see Jesus have gone through the four and now he's seated at the right hand of God. Not as a lamb, but as king of kings and lord of lords. And now he brought you and I to sit with him in that same place. Over principalities, over powers, 
over dominions, over every name that shall be named, not only in this world, but in the world to come. But then, it is out of this that our second ministry begin, which is the kingly ministry of the believer. There are dimensions to that. Because Nigerian church has not understood it. That's why the political world now, if they want to make decisions, the church is not important. They can ignore us. They only need us for vote. For number. But we are inconsequential when it comes to because all the spheres of society, you and I, God's children, are supposed to be sitting right on top of each mountain, ruling. The mountain of the Lord's house shall be exalted above them. That prophecy of the last days is now talking about the priesthood, but more of the kingly ministry of the believer. The one that projects not all bodies should be coming around church. Don't worry about preaching on Sunday. That is just one out of the millions of people that exist. In 1 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 12, Solomon said, I, the preacher, was king in Jerusalem. And I was the son of David. So he talks about that. He talks about his office as the preacher. Even the guy understood priesthood. One time he finished praying with his hands, where fire fell. Just like his father David, he understood priesthood. But then his own pulpit was not in the temple. His own pulpit was from a throne in the palace. Some of you, your pulpit is the social media. Some of you, your pulpit is school. Some of you, your pulpit is an industry. Some of you, your pulpit is a bank. Some of you, your pulpit. How to now take the glory of God and not limit it to the church, but use this fourth dimension to reveal it to the nations of the world until every aspect of society, politics, governance, is filled with the knowledge of God as water covers the sea. That is where this last wave is taking us. It's going to go beyond where the Pentecostal Reformation took us. You can see we have grown, miracle signs and wonders. The churches have grown, but we have not made the kind of impact on the nation on the society on our institutions that god expects there are other dimensions to the move of god that now involve they will rebuild the old waste places they will raise up the former desolation they will rebuild ruined cities ruined cities rebuilding nations rebuilding economy rebuilding education rebuilding actually bringing christ's dominion and extending it and imposing it in all these spheres and at that dimension is now church without wall is church in the marketplace is church in the government house is church in your organization is church in the school that is where this wave is headed we need training for reigning. We need training for ministry. We need solid discipleship to be able to unveil what God has is trying to do with Nigeria, Africa, and of course the world. God bless you. To the place where eagles soar realms of glory holy 
where our weakness is transformed can you say take us To the place where eagles soar, realms of glory, realms of. It is your song, it's your word. Oh, where my weakness, say, take us higher. Higher to the place I know. Realms of glory that is holy, where our weakness lift your voice, is your song, is your prayer. Say, Take me higher, higher to the place, realms of glory. is your song say take us higher to the place where he goes so to the realm of glory that is holy where our weakness where our weakness lift it take us higher we need to go
listening to this message. We believe you've been blessed. To find out more about the Household of David, visit www.householdofdavid.org or follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Mixelar. God bless you.